When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber to the series, now's a great time to do that. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Maybe that's YouTube, maybe that's Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can get the, uh, the podcast there as well, really, wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Hit that subscribe button. Keep up with uh, all the interviews that we put out uh, three a week usually, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and uh, sometimes some bonus uh, episodes on top of that. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, legendary bassist Stu Cook of Credence Clearwater Revival. For the last 25 years in Credence Clearwater Revisited. In fact, Revisited have just announced the Farewell Tour. They're hanging it up, putting the CCR songs back on the shelf for themselves. And I'm going to ask Stu what, uh, what brought them to that decision, what the last 25 years has been like for Revisited and the importance of the playing those songs live. But of course, that history goes all the way back. Uh, CCR starting in 1968. They released three records in 1969. Three records having a 50th anniversary. And you know almost every song to all of those three records, I promise you. They were also one of the biggest bands at Woodstock. 69. We'll be talking about that experience as well and some of the things he's done outside of the band. It was back in the 80s that Stu produced a couple of Rocky Erickson albums. Uh, of course, we lost Rocky earlier this year. We'll be talking about that experience and we'll have some fun with movies. CCR's music has been uh, has been featured in a lot of movies, and, and he's got a favorite. And if you're a fan of the dude, you probably know what it's going to be. So honored to be talking with Stu Cook. It's Kyle Meredith with Credence Clearwater Revisited. Good morning. I, I got to say what an honor it is to talk to you first. Uh, so the, there's an upcoming tour with uh, with Revisited and um, and everything that's going on there. But 
Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I thought we'd start with the beginning because, you know, as anniversaries go, if we want to split hairs, it's kind of the 60th anniversary of the band if you want to go back to the beginning, right? Like predating all the others. Well, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. <laughs> I've, I've known Doug for be 61 years uh, this September, and uh, it was about a year after I first met him that we uh, got together with John Fogarty and uh, formed the Blue Velvets. So, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that amongst all the other anniversaries and celebrations going on. Last year was Creedence Clearwater Revival's 50th, mm-hmm. Woodstock 50 this year, Revisited 25 this year. <laughs> it's everything in there. I thought, you know, you, you all having started, you know, so 59, 60, I mean, it does, it's, it's, before, it's before the second wave of rock and roll. I mean, you, you all, you know, by, by the time it all did roll around, as history has told many, many times, you know, you, you had been together for a while. But to see all of that, I mean, it changed so much so quickly. What was that transition like for you all, and did you find it natural and easy? Nah, you know, I'm on the inside, right? So I have a different perspective than than a writer or a critic or a fan in general. To me, it seemed uh, like a fairly logical evolution, actually. We started with a, a core of, uh, of music that we all agreed that we liked, rhythm and blues. Some country was, you know, our core uh, agreement. And uh, as we got better, we were became... Uh, you know, more able to express ourselves like the people we had idolized when we first began. Once it all happens, it happened very quickly. <laughs> it looks like about a three and a half year rocket ride. Yeah, I recall. But you know, when you talk about 1969, as as many of us do, and and especially on the 50th anniversary, you know, a, a lot of artists are, are talked about, but it, it does seem like nobody had more of a 1969 than than Creedence Clearwater Revival. I mean, three records in in one year, which is and, and all three of them are amazing. They're all great. Talking about Bayou Country and Green River and Willie and the Poor Boys, for something that's happening. In that quickest succession, do those records are do they sound separate in your mind, or is that all just one clump of music? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a bit of both. I'd, I'd have to say that that uh, it was you know a pretty intense period for the band. Uh, Bayou Country was recorded in '68, but released January of '69, so it, it it can be lumped in, you know. But like I said, it was all part of uh, you know we would make singles. When you had enough singles, then you would almost had an album. Then you would do a couple of what they eventually called album tracks. And then you would have a complete record, and out it would go. But we were recording singles all the time, so uh, it, it seemed like you know one long record to us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and when you got between eight, eight and eleven of them together, then uh, you, you you know you put out an album, and albums uh, had just become the, the new. Uh, the new medium. Uh, you know, when we grew up, it was singles, mm-hmm. 45s, right? Then uh, came the long play. First, there was 78s right. that, that broke very easily. <laughs> and then the 45s were flexible vinyl, big hole in the middle. And then the long play, 33 and a third, double-sided. So you got, maybe you could get, depending on the length of, of the, the program, you could get four, five, maybe six songs a side. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was a change in, in the marketplace, in the industry. But but for us, it was it was just making something for the radio, right? And recording Some, somebody else almost. It sounds like somebody else almost slips a, uh, slaps a title on it eventually to say these songs go together now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they had to. 
right, right, right. Well, you know, so of course, you know, you can't look at that year with it without Woodstock, and we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Um, the concert is finally getting released on August 2nd. I know that big box set is coming out as well. But you know, in, in that moment, you, you know, what I've got written down here was uh, the moment versus what it became, because in that moment, was it just another show? Pretty much. Yeah, uh, it, it was uh, the summer of, of uh, festivals. All you know, there was festivals all over the country, coast to coast, and in, in the middle as well. At the time, you know, it, it seemed like it was a pretty big undertaking, uh, but you know, they all were. We never really thought that it was uh, going to be uh, such a remembered uh, event. You know, there were bigger festivals for sure, and there have been since. But the, but I think it was the spirit of the of the the crowd that makes it stand out. Now, I look at it now, and I think the the bands were just the, the the background music for some other kind of event that happened that nobody hadn't happened before and hasn't happened since. That's my takeaway now. You know, when we, but you know, on the other hand, when we came over the hill in the in the helicopter to to get to the concert site, and there was a sea of humanity. It was it was quite a sight to uh, to behold. Was there a moment that you noticed uh, that that it had become something different, uh, you know, years down the road or whatever? Well, sure. I mean, once once the, all the stories were were woven together, and and I, we had a film to document, you know, to show all the stuff you couldn't possibly know everything that went on, even if you were there, you were you couldn't have known everything that uh, that was transpiring. So the film is a was a, you know, a great document of uh, when you know, what, what people can do, how how it, how it can happen. It's uh, mired in controversy right now. I don't. I don't know. Do you know if if there's going to be um, that something? I, I last I heard was that the the venue had had been right. pulled. It, it has. So sort of like the first one, right? <laughs> I didn't have a venue either. Well, you know, Michael Lang has a has a way of uh, it, it seems of. Um... I don't know what's you know. I'll say a bit candidly here, and and you know I'll make sure to point out that I'm not projecting. I'm not putting words in your mouth. It's my opinion here that um, it seems like anybody, everybody tries to put on a festival, and they can pull it off once. Like anybody can do a festival these days, and that makes it really surprising to me that that Woodstock has had so much trouble. Because if any festival is going to get off the ground these days, I feel like that would be uh, one of the easiest. But it is marred in controversy again, and and who knows? Because I haven't. I mean, their bands. Still on the bill, uh, <laughs> you know whether yeah. or not it happens. I, I don't know. I think it's you know. I, I, yeah, anybody can do a festival. Michael Lang has has done all the Woodstock festivals. Some were you know the first one was the one. Uh, he's also did the one that t- turned into riots and chaos. So uh, I, I don't know that 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 it makes any sense to try and recreate with another concert you know, to, to, to celebrate the first one, but. Uh, I'm watching this one from the sidelines. <laughs> well, you know, I do think it all is all about, as you mentioned, the spirit of it. I mean, as you said, that's that is what made uh, that first one so memorable. '94 was a good concert. It was really, uh, you know, for a lot of the lineup right there. But um, did music change the world? I mean, with, with with all of that spirit and the music as the background, you know, can it? You know, and and, and is that possible today? You know, for something like this? Uh, I'm afraid it isn't. I don't know that it ever was uh, able to change the world with music. Uh, I'm referring to. It brings people together. It's a, it's a very unique art form that in that it is really doesn't have any guardrails, and uh, you know it's very difficult for uh, for it to be uh, co-opted. You know, it's it's personal, it's universal at the same time. It's it's it's, it's uh, 
it's quite a gift. And uh, combined with the spirit of Woodstock, you know, people thought that there was something, something there. But uh, on its own, music has devolved into uh, some other kind of product, you know, that, that you eat now. <laughs> it's very disposable. So, you know, I guess everybody would hope that uh, eyes could be opened and kept open. But, you know, we quickly move on. So, uh, you know, sort of John Lennon took a shot at that and, you know, got a lot of attention and, and you know, and it made sense. But I think it has to be evaluated or, you know, viewed with, you know, what what has actually changed. To try and keep it going is, is the hard part. You know, the idea is is always great, but the actually, you know, keeping it going is the hard work, right? So. Right. I wouldn't expect that to be the the, 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 the the true function of music. So it's always nice to have music, though. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it may not fix the problems of the world, but it it makes your day nicer. I'll actually jump around, too, because, you know, the, there is the power of music made, making, because as um, Creedence Clearwater Revisited now, you know, here you are on, on a farewell tour, but there's a, there, there is a, a partnership, right? Uh, something that you guys are doing towards the end of the tour with, uh, with a museum of music, uh, making music and the friends of uh, San Pasquale Academy. Uh, this has to do, though, with the power of music a bit, the, like those, those, um, those entities there, right? Well, of course. Uh, I mean, it, music is what brings the, you know, all the energy together in one spot. But uh, that alone isn't enough, right? People have people have to actually do the hard work. It's it's great inspiration, and in that you know, and it, you know, my career has has never failed to amaze me. <laughs> how how uh, you know how just something as simple as you know a three chord song can uh, how far it can take you. You know, I've been around the world several times based on a forty or fifty songs. <laughs> You know, it is all part of the farewell tour as you're being billed. Why is this the farewell tour? Uh, and, and does this mean retirement? Or what, what, what exactly does that? Because that's a loaded word for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Retirement's bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> work, work until you drop. No, we're uh, hanging it up this year because we're still hitting on all eight cylinders. We're, we're consistent. We're having a good time with the music. But, uh, it, you know, we've the road is just not a place where you want to be you know we've done it for 25 years we've been we've been to some places you know over a dozen times and uh you know there's still time left in our lives to to do other things that we also enjoy you know we've got we've all got bigger families now we have grandkids which we like to spend more time with and we've still got some additional traveling to do my wife and i are still checking things off the list i like to uh spend some time in uh, Central America, uh, where I do uh, do a lot of vacationing. And, uh, you know, it's just time to move on, really. Uh, 25 years is, is 20 more than we ever thought we'd do this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great ride. And, uh, you know, the, the, the support of the Creedence Clearwater Revival fans has been terrific. You know, the project was started just to celebrate and honor the, the quartet, the work of the quartet, and uh, and to get us out of the house, you know. And yeah. now it's time, I think, we, you know, we some of our time could be better spent around the house. So, uh, you know, Doug and I are neither going to leave. We're not leaving the music business. We're not leaving music. Uh, but we are leaving the road. Yeah, I'd read that, uh, you know, when, when you all started Revisited, uh, Doug had actually considered that he was probably retired at that point, 25 years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we. I ended up. Uh, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, you know, it was time for a change. So 
I, I ended up in uh, Incline Village, Nevada, where Doug and his family have been living for 10 years or something like that, 10, 12 years. forget exactly how many, but uh, yeah, so we started hanging out, jamming all the time, and you know, the idea to, to get back in the saddle was almost obvious. You know, but up until then, you know, we, we distance had uh, kept us from really focusing on uh, on anything, any kind of collaboration. But when we just lived across town from each other, <laughs> it made all the sense in the world to get together and and hang out and start playing and looking for other guys to play. And so it, it was. We, we had no idea where it was taking us until now. You know, this year we realized. You know, it's taken us. We've gone as far as as, as we really want to with this project. It's, it's been a terrific experience, and uh, you know we're always blessed to, to get a second bite of the apple, especially when it's so sweet. But I like to put it this way: there's more sand in the bottom of the glass than the top right now. And for me, it, it doesn't make a lot, a lot of sense to keep doing the same thing over and over again when I can be doing other things that I put on the back shelf. Well, I know you've done um, producing and, 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 of course, collaborating all through, all through your career. I, I did want to bring up one of those um, because. You produced uh, one of uh, Rocky Erickson's uh, records with, with the Evil One, uh, who we of course lost earlier this year. And talk about one of those artists who just deserved more. Uh, you know, we're such big fans of him around here. Did Did you all keep in touch through the years? Uh, yes and no. You know, we saw each other. Uh, I was living in Austin for a while, and uh, I would see Rocky around town and uh, you know, attend his performances whenever I could. But uh, you know, it was a we recorded fifteen songs together, which were spread out over two albums. The first one is called the Evil One. The second one was just shortened to T E O. So there's in their original configuration, there are you know five shared songs and five different songs on on each disc. But uh, yeah, that was quite an experience. I think I you know that was when I really realized what what a record producer was supposed to do. <laughs> Rocky didn't make it easy for me, but we had a great time, and I think the. I think the result stands the test of time. It was a very productive era or period in Rocky's life. Mm-hmm. He was uh, really on his game. You know, he had a lot of ups and downs, and uh, I thought this. I thought the, that uh, the work we did together was, was some of the best that he that he did in his whole career. You know, it just and it came together in a kind of a crazy way. It was very organic, and I know that he that he liked the records that that we did. So that you know, that's enough for me. Uh, is that something you're going to do more of? Or are you looking to do more I, of? You know, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to scuba dive more. I'm going to play golf more. I'm going to ride my bike more. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've, every once in a while I'll, I'll do some project for somebody. I'll, you know, lay down some bass tracks for people that, you know, were interested in, in my style of playing. I uh, want, want to incorporate it in, into what they're doing. You know, I'd be, I do that kind of stuff. Uh, I've had an offer to produce uh, some tracks for other artists. You know, I don't really don't. I don't have a plan right now. The plan is to play great this year. That's an easy plan. That's uh, that's yeah. <laughs> keep it easy in the sights. I'll finish up here with a bit more of a trivial question too, because uh, you know, Credence has um probably been used in movies just about more than any other band. The the the, the songs in there, and I couldn't even pretend to start naming half of them. <laughs> do, do you got a favorite? Uh, you know, do, is there is there a favorite movie moment with a with a CCR song that that you've got? Yeah, I think that uh, although it's not a song per se, it's uh, in the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, I mean the dude's car is stolen, and he's talking to the cop about the about the the incident, and uh, he mentions that the that the there was a Credence tape. Paraphrasing it, you know, the, 
And the cop says, well, we, we might be able to get your car back, but I wouldn't hold, up, hold out any hope for the credence tape. <laughs> Words to that effect, anyhow, it's, uh, it's always nice to be written into a script. You know, it's almost better, it's almost better than, uh, than, than having a song in the, in the movie is to actually, you know, been inside the writer's head so much that you, you know, Stephen King has done that as well with credence. He'll use credence to, uh, to describe a time and a feeling, you know, just to take you into his writing. So, you know, that, that's the highest honor, I think. It just seemed like for a long time there, if there was, um, if there was a war scene, especially a Vietnam scene, you, you oh, knew yeah, that, right. you know, Run Through the Jungle was going to be played or Fortunate you one of those, you know, something like that yeah. was going to be played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Run Through the Jungle isn't even about the Vietnam War. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, people associate, and then it's very difficult to unassociate, right? It was interesting, by the way, side note, uh, Louisville, it's where I'm based right here, and we're the home of the Lebowski Fest. We have nothing oh, to do really? with the movie, but we are uh, the home of the Lebowski Fest. So, what happens then? What ha- well, I, they watch them. It's been going on for like 15, 16 years every year. You know, it's, it's just one of those. I know they have different movies like that all around the country, the festivals. But uh, they watch the movie. They, they've got games where, you know, taking little scenes from the movie and they've made it a game. They always have some bands around to play songs from the soundtrack and, and uh-huh. all that. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of kitschy that fun. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like it. That's a lot of fun. So you're you're actually well represented here in Louisville at least once a year beyond all the usual radio airplay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, Creedence gets as much airplay as anybody. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe well. more to the chagrin of new artists, you know. <laughs> Well, it just goes to say, you know, to show how well these songs were were crafted and everything. And I, you know, you, so you know, when you had, you know, the the original run and everything, and those songs and the Chronicle greatest hits, but to turn around with recollection or recollection, I think it's however you might say that. With the either re- way, yeah, with revisited both ways, that was sort of the the idea. Yeah, well, you know, with, when you all did that again, to have that success prove itself again, I mean, because that became a platinum-selling record in itself. I that's mean, right, that's yeah. right. It's a double double platinum uh, album. That says everything about those songs right there and what you all did. And, and you know, I thank you all for the music, and I know many people do, but uh, I'm so happy that, it, you know, it, it happened the way it did. Yeah, it's uh, very, we, you know, all of us realize that we're blessed, that we, you know, we could still scratch our heads and wonder how, how we could have had not not only one but two great careers from the original work. It's uh, it's, it's amazing we even had one career actually, <laughs> <laughs> given the music business. Right. Congratulations on all of that, and uh, and and you know, congratulations on uh, on knowing when to that, that when to, to hang it up for yourself, you know, and to do other things. Um, be looking forward to this uh, this farewell tour and catching you guys out there. And I'll I'll make mention of a, a special show September 25th. I know that's in partnership with the Museum of Making Music, Friends of the San Pasquale Academy, which is a nice, uh, good turn part of this uh, this tour. So, um, Stu, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for doing this. All right, I'll see everybody at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach for this great event that's coming up. All right, uh, take care, ma'am. We'll see you around. Nice talking with you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Cheers. Huge thanks to Stu Cook. Credence Clearwater Revisited, their farewell tour happening throughout this year. You can find those dates on their website. And the Credence Clearwater Revival uh, Woodstock concert getting released on August 2nd. Hey, before you get out of here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Again, you can do that uh, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
YouTube. And while you're there, give us a, a high hello. Leave a comment in the comment section. Tell us where you're listening from, uh, what you enjoyed about the episode. Uh, also, you can rate the series, which which is a huge help every single time. And from there, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can hear the biggest new songs of the day, lots of anniversary celebration spins, music news, and, of course, uh, these interviews as well. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.